Namaste. Prayers and meditations. So, as I said, these are um, a kind of trilogy. Uh, we did the prayer of 23rd March. Then we have prayer of 24th March, which we have done earlier. There the mother takes this uh, to another level, where she says that uh, this 24th March, just to pick up one small passage, where she says, But in the face of an error or blunder, the true thought to have is not to say to oneself, I should have done better, I should have done this instead of that, but rather, I was not sufficiently identified with the eternal consciousness. I must strive to realize better this definitive and integral union. So, she gives us step by step. And then, she gives us the final word. Just like in the Gita, at the end, Sri Krishna says, I am the one, you give it to me. I'll take care of it. So, we have this prayer of March 25th, 1914. Silent, and unseen as always, but all-powerful. Thy action has made itself felt, and in these souls that seem to be so closed, a perception of thy divine light is awake. So, one of the things that uh, both Mother and Shubhindu say, that essentially, fundamentally, there is nothing impossible for the divine. But then, if it doesn't manifest that omnipotence and omniscience, it's precisely because uh, he can do it in exceptional circumstances, certainly possible, that kind of intervention. But not a miracle made to order, because there are world play, there are conditions, because it will completely disrupt the entire evolutionary process. That's why the divine doesn't do it. In evolution, we have to go through the challenges if um, challenges are not necessary, then uh, very simply in the Gita, Sri Krishna would have said that, you know, you have chosen me, Arjuna. It doesn't matter, I'll fight your battle. you be on the side. And it would all have been Krishna's glory. Well, Krishna's glory still is. But Arjuna has to be given his share of the evolutionary um, process. So that's how one evolves. And yet, the divine intervention can be so powerful whenever it is invoked and if it comes and all of us have these um, instances, even last minute she says that, of course we see it in uh, you know films that there is a bullet coming and the hero dodges well. <laughs> but if you have invoked the divine, it's possible that it just doesn't touch you and pass away, it misses you. Or it touches you but just does a little graze. Or if it lodges in the body, there is little complications and you come out unscathed. She has given this example with regard to illnesses. Supposing at the point when one is you know, going to probably have an injury or one feels that an illness is coming up, at that instance, instead of reacting with fear, one reacts with turning to the divine for an intervention. She says, now that it, it has come, it will go through its course, but the course will be Greatly compressed. What would have taken 7 days, 10 days, whole lot of complication, he'll just touch and in a day it'll pass away. Because that's how the divine interventions are. And here she is talking of not any ordinary interception. 
intervention but an intervention that awakens in people's heart the longing for light which is something beyond anything one can imagine silent and unseen is always but all powerful thy action has made itself felt and in these souls that seem to be so closed a perception of thy divine light is awake i knew well that none could invoke thy presence in vain and if in the sincerity of our hearts we commune with thee through no matter what organism body or human collectivity this organism in spite of its ignorance finds its unconsciousness wholly transformed see it doesn't matter it you know when mother before coming to pondicherry india she had a group idea the novel the new idea which later on she started here see it doesn't matter what group it is what human body it is what who is doing it but if it is in a sincere invocation to the divine it has its effect the divine intervention doesn't even care whether you are an atheist or theist or believe in this or that the very fact one is sincerely invoking that presence it has the power to change things but when in one or several elements there is the conscious transformation when the flame that smolders under the ashes leaps out suddenly illumining all the being then with joy we salute thy sovereign action so but time to time intervention is always there but very often people invoke the divine and suddenly and then they go to the doctor also and then when they are saved they say doctor thank you so much first of all the doctor is anyways not the adhikari eh? the drugs everything some people did lot of research and of course he has his own little share but after that it's forgotten but time to time it happens that in a heart it flames forth and there is such gratitude and people can't understand sometimes that but why do you say it is because of the divine this is illustrated in that story of ramayana when garuda comes and he takes away the nagpash of rama and lakshmana and all the monkeys shout jai shri ram what human beings isn't the credit goes to garuda garuda also says credit is mine why are they calling jai shri ram and hanuman says garuda your job is over your job description was this much you don't know you are blessed that the divine has called you to become an instrument in this oh, i don't understand all these things human beings on earth are a sentimental lot and then he goes all the way till finally shiva tells him you are a deluded person right now garuda i can't take away your delusion you go to your lord and he will take it away and then when he goes he sees that vishnu is seat is vacant and then he realizes that he is doing the human leela upon earth so very often people are there to whom we end up giving credit though some kind of an opening to light comes but how wonderful when there is suddenly this flaming forth of the aspiration which was buried and that moment of intervention becomes a turning point in history there are instances classic instance of course that is a bit um, miraculous of saul of tarsius we know how he he was persecuting the christians and suddenly changed overnight and during the war when he was on the field and he was feeling thirsty 
suddenly he sees Christ come to him and giving him water. And he says, why have you come to revive me? He says, that's my work. I have as much compassion for you. Jagai and Madhai, where suddenly the aspiration was flaming forth because Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who, whose disciples he was constantly, not only his disciples, he, they had a tendency to, um, you know, get drunk and throw stones and hurl abuses at everybody. And then one day they caught hold of a disciple of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And that time Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came into Sri Krishna's that Chakradhari roop and they were completely taken aback. And the disciple sought forgiveness. He said, if in this form Chaitanya Mahaprabhu comes in front of you, you will be decimated. And then they fell at his feet and there was a story of complete conversion. We have the story of such conversions in everybody's life. Mother and Shurabindo's countless stories where people completely got converted because suddenly something happened and their entire life changed after that because they realized what a powerful thing this intervention is. So she says, though the intervention takes place, but people don't realize it. She is able to see it. But from time to time, but when in one or several elements, there is the conscious transformation. Others also it changes, but it's unconscious. So there are people, at least I am aware of, who, you know, their life is changing. After turning to, towards Mother and Shubhinda, it would happen with many others, uh, different, different, because the way you invoke the divine. But they think, ah, it's the same little bit, some change is taking place, I don't know whether I am changing or not. So it is unconsciously, life is changing. If they look back, they will see, oh my God, what a change has come into life. But they just feel more or less, uh, they are changing, but they don't realize because very often we see only the outer life and the surface consciousness and outer life is anyways the last to change. So she says, but when in one or several elements there is the conscious transformation, when the flame that smolders under the ashes leaps out suddenly, illumining all the being, then we, with joy we salute thy sovereign action. Testify once more to thy invincible pusa and can hope that a new possibility of true happiness has been added to the others in mankind. This is the true initiation. It can happen anywhere. Suddenly there is a divine intervention. And it changes. I mean, if I see my own life like an agnostic, not really believing in God, because he is too selfish, drawing us up into some bliss of nirvana, leaving the world to this state, all because of our karma in ignorance. This was the state. And one day suddenly you see this book, the synthesis of yoga and read a sentence, all life is yoga and your life changes. And then everything changes. From that moment onwards, everything changes. So there are interventions like that, many people's lives. And she says, then there is a new possibility which has been added. Meaning thereby, there are two kinds of responses people give to the invocation of divine intervention. Divine intervenes always. It's powerful action. But most are unconscious. So though the intervention takes place, they, because they are unconscious, ignorant, they go about their life. <laughs> Whereas there is the other kind in which suddenly from the ashes a flame leaps forth and they are finished, finished for good. As the mother says, that a person whom I have looked is finished, finished for good because now 
is entirely mine. So time to time this happens and then a new possibility of true happiness has been added to the others in mankind. O Lord, an ardent thanksgiving mounts from me towards Thee, expressing the gratitude of this sorrowing humanity. So she says that most people are unconscious. You are intervening, awakening their souls, but they don't know. So she is embodying their states and she is offering gratitude on their behalf because most of humanity doesn't even know that a divine breath has passed by. At one place she speaks about someone who came to Pondicherry who wanted to, you know, I think meet God, see God and he went away without even coming to meet Mother and Shurbin. And she says he doesn't know that he has passed in front of the very God whom he was seeking. And who had drawn? It is the divine who had drawn him. You see, it can happen to Harivan Bachchan. He came to Pondicherry because Dinkarji and Sumitranandan Pant, all these great Hindi poets, some of them, they were devotees. This story was told to me by Chutnaranji, just for reference sake, you know. <laughs> so he came, he also heard about it. And he had to come for darshan, balcony darshan. Then he came to know, today the mother is not coming for balcony darshan, because she has a little cold. Mind got active. How can God have cold? QED. Went away. Just imagine. There's another story of somebody who came all the way to international guest house, had put the baggage and was waiting for the ashram secretary. The message had gone to come and, uh, you know, this 71 or 72, just after international guest house had started. And while sitting there, he sees that painting of Ajanta painting and he says, what kind of ashram is this that they are having Ajanta painting here? <laughs> Ajanta Elora cave painting. And went away. And Shurabindu had actually, he was, he wanted to come. And Shurabindu kept saying, no, you read the books. But someone from the ashram told him, no, no, you can come. What is there? Ultimately, you can have the darshan. Sure enough, he came and went away. So, most of the time, they are drawn. That itself is an intervention. Something illumined in the being. But then there is the resistance of the world forces. What a criteria. God should never have cold, cough, anything. Then he might as well remain there. He has no business of taking a human body, which is so imperfect. He takes it. That's how most people judge. Sri Ramakrishna, why did he have throat cancer? Why did Swami Vivekananda go away? These are the most puerile kind of thoughts. Because they have taken a human body. Human body is not perfect. God is perfect. In everyone that possibility is there, but in the outer cloak and outer personality is not perfect. That's exactly why Shurabindu wants this material cloak to be perfect. And that is something which is to be realized in the future. It's so simple, but one goes away. But time to time, in some people, this is one attitude. So we can take two attitudes. That divine has cold, therefore one cannot be divine and goes away. Another attitude is of Datta. Miss Hodgson, not Miss Hodgson, not Datta, Nishtha, Margaret Wilson, Woodrow Wilson's daughter, she also comes for darshan for the first time. Next is darshan. That night, Shurabindu has an accident. 
so there will be no darshan. She has come all the way from America. She doesn't say, oh, he is God, how can he have an accident? She stays on and lives on and never goes back. If you go to Kasno, you will see her uh, samadhi hai. So wonderful. Even there is a fleet which is sent, come back, you have a kidney problem. In India, they can't treat you. And she says, yes, I know. If I go back, you people can take better care of my body, perhaps. But who will take care of my soul? So see the two different approaches. So there are many in whom the intervention takes place, which draws them. Some light awakens, but then they go back into their own way. It's beautifully described in Savitri. Heaven's call is rare. Rarer the heart that heats. Because human nature is not ready. Even when they are lifted by some strong hand to breathe heaven air, they slide back into the mud of which they are made and take a joy in safe return to a friendly base. The mud whose law they know of which they are made. So this is the human consciousness. So she, she distinguishes between two kinds of humanity. She says intervention always takes place. Some awakening takes place. But most human beings are not ready. In some, this awakening becomes a turning point in their life. Because a flame leaps forth and things are changed. And therefore she says, O Lord, an ardent thanksgiving mounts from me towards thee. Expressing the gratitude of this sorrowing humanity, which thou illuminest, transformest and glorifiest and givest to it the peace of knowledge. So divine is continuing to do this job. Some recognize it, very few, and their hearts are full of gratitude. Most have this, ah, maybe, perhaps, and go about their life in the normal, usual way. To will. Stop here. Namaste.